Episode 32. Dude, do the math on that. We've been doing this once a week. For a month. That brings that, what, eight months? Eight months, dog, of podcasting, bro. Eight months, nice and smooth. Uh, We develop a good system on you pick the topic, I pick the topic the next week. We come up with some good points, some good takeaways that people want to listen to, want to hear about. We're dropping knowledge bombs every single week. Man, I could go on and on. We're just going to keep riding it. And no, and it just, I felt like we had something to tell and we wanted to prove that concept by doing that. We didn't know how it was going to go. We didn't overpromise uh, ourselves anything. We said, let's just ride one episode a week. It's very manageable and we'll figure it along the way. We figured out how to do the audio better. We came up with better topics. We have better conversations with one another. Uh, no, and more importantly, it's helped other people, right? People are, you know, members come in class and they're like, hey, I heard the podcast you did last week. It was great. I And I'm like, okay, what did you learn? And yeah, I was just going to say, we're was, getting great feedback. Yeah, so that's what it's about. And a lot of the ideas that we come up with the podcast come directly from group class or conversation we're having with the client. So it's in the moment. So it makes that uh, information more relevant to them. Yeah, it's just, you know, documenting what we're doing, documenting questions we're getting, um, answering them you know, to the mass majority of people, because chances are people have these similar thoughts, these similar questions. So I think we're doing a great job at delivering the answers to those questions. Yeah, and we're gonna keep doing that. So, uh, yeah, man, keep asking us questions, guys, and, and we love to help you guys out. And so, if and if we're talking about something and you you know feel like you learned something and you might have a friend or a family member that might have that same question or wanna you know understand what we're talking about, just go ahead and share it with them. Shoot them a text with the link. Uh, you know, let's try to spread the wealth. I agree 100%. I mean, that's the more people we can affect, the more positive change we can we can have in other people's lives. So I'm down. I'm down for that. Love it. Love it, baby. All right, let's uh, dive into it. So we're bringing forward today another nutrition topic. Uh, I think it's safe to say we can't really beat that nutrition in uh, to our listeners enough. What would you think? We just got to keep selling that conversation. It's the culture of nutrition, the way we culturize the way we get people to move properly and if we can create that same normalized conversation about food and dieting and nutrition the way we do about keeping flat backs on the deadlift and full range uh, motion on the squat then we are going to be able to help them that much more yeah and I can tell you firsthand other gyms other coaches aren't, aren't doing that you know they're more you know, focused on just, you know, being a movement specialist, but we try to go that extra mile, take that one step forward and providing insight, intel on, you know, proper dieting, proper nutrition. Well, you have to, people can get fitter, they can get stronger, they can move better, their cardio can even improve without changing anything about their diet. Unfortunately, they won't get the body composition results that they thought that a program like this would give them. So if, um, for me, it's selfish too. It's a it's an it's a retention tool. Meaning, I can keep them here longer with us if I can get them body composition. If they changes. like what they're seeing in the mirror, because at the end of the day, that's why they came here. Exactly. So cool, man. Let's dive into it. Uh, we got food hacks. Um, what's what's the first one you got for them? 
Yeah, so I think with the food hacks, we just want to get people to understand that uh, skinny people are skinny because they got habits that make them skinny, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, they're not genetic anomalies. They uh, do things that keep them uh, that keep them healthy and their weight uh, managed well. So these are some of the things that we got from them, and then things that are working for us. The first one that I came up with is what I call the big three, and what I recognize when you know I've been vocal about the diet that we've been on. Uh, shoot. 40 days, almost 45 days, me and my wife, is that we knew that there were foods in our house that we had to get rid of immediately. And the ones that kind of continued to pile up were the ones that were sabotaging our body composition changes. And I call them the big three, bread, rice, pasta. So you cleaned house pretty much. We cleaned house immediately and we ensured that those three, no matter at what point during this diet, that they would never come back in the house. I mean, dude, like for example, bread, we had four different types of bread in our house. We had hot dog bread, sandwich bread, hamburger bread, bagels, and we're, we're like perplexed and mind blown about how that bread, like it wasn't like we went to the grocery store and bought all those things at one time. They slowly creeped themselves it all up in. in the pantry. And what, what we tried to do with those food is we just recognized that, sure, they're great energy sources for quick energy sources, but we were over consuming them that they were becoming caloric, the uh, calorically dense, nutritionally deficient, meaning they, for the food I was consuming, the amount of food I was consuming in those three, they weren't giving, they weren't producing a positive outcome. They were actually creating a surplus in my, in my diet. And uh, I knew that if I wanted to create a caloric deficit immediately, I could do that by taking those food groups out. So it's basically, you're saying that bread is worthless calories. For 99% of the people, yes. Yeah, there's not too much, you know, beneficial nutrients um, that you could find in a more, you know, a better option, alternative, alternative that can provide more value to your digestion, your whatever, any any nutrient that um, that you has, think you can get with bread, you can get it ten times better somewhere else. Okay, so no, I like that whole, you know, you guys cleaning house. Um, we've been doing that at my house uh, as well but not necessarily bread because we don't eat bread like that, but peanut butter, you know. Ooh, uh, that's yours? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been hiding the peanut butter just because... That one's worse, bro, because you can... You can easily over-consume over yeah, peanut butter. it's less volume, so you can eat a shitload of it. And, and peanut butter is like in that in-between, like, is it healthy for you? Is it not healthy for you? You know, some say it's good, but... Um, I mean, it tastes good. I love, I love eating it. So, uh, yeah. So if you can kind of get that concept out of sight, out of mind, yeah. and just kind of clean house, you know, throw whatever away that isn't really delivering you any benefits as far as diet wise, just get rid of it. Um, and then especially bread. I mean, when I eat bread, you know, I always encourage people if they are craving a cheat meal, I'd always say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should eat something sweet. You know, maybe ice cream or a chocolate bar or something over pizza or a hamburger bun. Just from my personal experiences, when I eat bread, that bread will sit on me all freaking day, hmm. you know? Interesting, yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the gluten, and a lot of people are intolerant to a lot of this stuff, and they don't even recognize it. They just, they chalk it off as like, yeah, I just always feel like shit when I eat that. Well, yeah. Yeah, nope. that it's the bread. Uh, people, some people get more, you know, um, obvious symptoms than others, yep. but, you know, just some common ones is like, you know, super bloated, you know, gassy. Runny nose. Run, runny nose. Um, Achy joints. A very unique one I get is I get inflammation in my low back. No way. Really. Really. It's achy joints, low back, yeah. inflammation. Wow, wow, wow. Uh -huh. How long does it take to clear out? Three, four days? Uh, 
Yeah, I'd say maybe a couple of days. Um, okay. But so if I eat a bagel in the morning, I don't digest it. Like I'm not hungry by dinner time. Just, wow. And it's not like I'm over consuming like breakfast as a whole or something like that. It's just my body doesn't digest. It's got to be the gluten or the wheat. But uh, I'll be full all freaking day from eating a That's piece weird. of toast or something like that. I just I can't I can't digest it properly. Hey, you should put bagels and corn together, and then when you poop out the corn, you know how long it took <laughs> to digest the bagel, dog. Bro, I, I don't like bagels either, man. There's something you, weird about it. You don't them. like bagels? No, man. There's something really weird. I don't know. Bro, I'm a sucker for a everything bagel with cream cheese. It's just so chewy. I mean, we're so off topic. It's so chewy it's okay. that it's hard to compare it to bread. Like bread, you can toast it nice and get a good bite, and you're you're – you know what I mean? You're moving yeah. through the sandwich. Like with a bagel, like like my jaw is working like extra hard overtime. Yeah, you're tired of chewing. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't do it. So anyway. All right, let's get back on track, baby. Um, cool. So big three, uh, rice, pasta, and probably the most uh, hurtful one is bread, 100%. in my opinion. No, I agree. So uh, with that said, we've also agreed that once we come out of this diet into maintenance, we are not bringing those food groups back into our home. It's just... It's a non-negotiable. It's yeah, not, you you, you don't need them, and they hurt. They Big really time. do hurt. Um, maybe white rice occasionally. May, no, and it's not that I won't eat it, but we agree that if we want to eat those foods, we have to have it as a cheat meal or go to a restaurant to have it. But the reason for that is if you slowly slip it back in, you end up six months, a year down the road with fucking five yeah, breads in your yeah, house again. Yeah, don't eat it, right? Don't buy the pounds of rice. Um, don't bring it home, right? Yeah. Go, go eat it. Leave it, Get it out of your at the restaurant. Yeah, okay. Heard yep. that. Heard that. Um, so next one I got is my fasting protocol. You know, I've been practicing fasting for going on two years. And, um, I mean, there's so many benefits to it um, that I just kind of want to share with the listeners. The first one is if you uh, start to fast, you know, you skip breakfast in the morning, chances are you'll consume less calories as a whole throughout the rest of your day, right? So... You know, I was kind of just doing that naturally. I didn't really think to do that. You know, that wasn't really my my uh, mindset was to eat less calories by fasting, right? I just thought, you know, it, it worked. Um, I was seeing more and more intermittent fasting stuff flooding the internet. So I'm like, hey, let, let, me, let me give this a shot. So I started fasting um, and it, it was an easy transition. You know, when I was kind of coming up with a diet, something to follow, I came across this blend of intermittent fasting and the anabolic diet you heard of the anabolic diet a little bit you can affect your hormones by eating certain foods yeah basically it's kind of shifting towards a higher fat higher protein less carbohydrate type deal okay okay and my one of my mentors my online mentor who i came across this diet he blended the anabolic diet with intermittent fasting interesting and the when i'm eating higher fat higher protein it's keeping me fuller longer uh-huh. to really like correlate with being able to fast longer Got does that it. make sense yeah, yeah follow yeah, me yeah, yeah yeah so um i mean that's just you know one benefit is i'm eating less calories not even really trying to because uh, you're taking out that meal and then too because you're hungrier longer on the protein and fats so uh when you eat those meals, what are you looking for? So, like, what's a big lunch for you then? Uh, well, like I said, it's going to be basically a large quantity of protein, protein. and fat. Okay, okay. so um, I've been eating a lot of red meat. I like red meat, you know, and uh, 
that that's another I think that's a myth we might have debunked previously right yeah, was yeah. red meat too you, much yeah. red meat yeah. is bad for you I mean obviously I'm not gonna get back into it but it, there's so much benefits there so I eat a lot of red meat it'll be between like 8 to 12 ounces uh-huh. of meat in a meal okay whether it's ground beef steak whatever and then I'll do a whole bag of vegetables okay and that's how I kind of di- uh, distinguish myself from what I'm eating here compared to keto because as soon as i tell someone i'm on a real high fat diet they're like oh you're doing keto yeah yeah but yeah. it's not because i'm eating a, sh- a shitload of veggies that have that carbohydrates in it yeah and then i'll do like a handful of nuts or a half of avocado like just it's really that fat that kind of keeps me fuller longer okay um and that's really what both meals look like i eat lunch i eat dinner and i, I don't really geek out about my fasting window you okay. know i'm not checking the clock oh i got 22 minutes left until i can eat i gotta wait 22 minutes no, I skip breakfast. I do what I got to do, whether it's working out, whether it's, you know, do some stuff for the business, whatever. And then I eat after. Right, right. You know, so it, it was really not a hard transition to do. And I think people overthink the process of like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry in the morning. I'll, I'll lack energy or I'll get lightheaded during my workouts and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not only that, but, you know, another good benefit of fasting is, my stomach shrinks down to its normal size every single, you know, every single day. It shrinks back to that normal size. Because I remember you mentioning it. Um, if you're constantly eating, you know, consuming calories, your your stomach is constantly in that overdrive mode. Yeah, yeah. You want to kind of elaborate on that a little no, bit? No, I mean, uh, fasting for me, one of the immediate benefits are giving the stomach time to rest. And, mm-hmm. and if you're constantly eating... I mean, there's guys eating five to seven meals a day. Their stomach is churning all day, and they're not giving a moment to rest. It's like never turning off the car, right? And so by fasting, you create an amazing window where you can turn off the car. You can turn off the stomach um, and and give it time to rest. So when you have these meals, it is fully digesting and working at max capacity, and that's what we want. Yeah, and then it's also keeping your sanity. If you're eating seven to eight small meals in a it's day, crazy, man. every two hours, very stressful. As you're eating your small meal, you're thinking about how long it's going to be to your next one. You know, I've seen I've seen it firsthand. So, but all these years that was like the huge misconception is you got to eat all these small meals so your metabolism keeps running right Right. how many times you heard that one all the time dude so um like it keeps it gives you that peace of mind to like hey you eat at a certain time you eat you're full you eat till you're full and uh you know you got plenty of time to your next meal. you do whatever the hell you gotta do you know throughout the day um and then also i kind of came up with this i'd say within you know the last couple months recent I kind of time you know um, will extend my fast around cheat meals, right? Nice. So, you know, th- say I do this every year now for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving meal, you know, it's coming up. You know, I'll feast all the way till that Thanksgiving meal because chances are you're gonna eat in that Thanksgiving meal enough calories to last you for a week, right? Right. So if I know that, I'm just not, I'm not gonna eat until Thanksgiving. So you're going, shit, 16, 18 hours of fasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna let, like keep all my calories for that meal and not eat beforehand because I know what the hell's gonna go down. No, that's really good. I call it the checks and balance system. It's an opportunity, this is one of the things we said, this is what naturally skinny people do uh, to stay skinny. And that's if they realize they eat something that's calorically high or considered a cheat or something that they don't normally eat they naturally make up for it by skipping meals they do it they don't call it fasting they could care less they just 
I got a skinny buddy he's like that all the time, dude. He he ate breakfast and I catch him at lunch and he doesn't want to eat because he ate a big breakfast. Like mm -hmm. he's not trying to fast, he's just not hungry. And so what we're trying to do is create that artificial checks and balance system, which is like if I knew I overconsumed in one meal, then why wouldn't I just underconsume or another? Whether it's not eat at all or something do, small something small or work backwards which is what you're doing which is you know hey my last meal of the day is going to be ginormous yep so i'm going to work backwards i'm going to skip breakfast i'm going to drag out lunch really long if i can maybe eat something small so i don't get a headache or go crazy mm -hmm. but i'm going to feast for dinner and i think if people can start thinking that way with this kind of checks and balance system they won't get too far behind yeah not just to feed off your checks and balance system uh i'll do it the opposite too like you know, the day after Thanksgiving, I'll fast even longer to kind of shake off my huge meal or a day after a cheat meal, you know, I'll do like an intense cardio session and I won't eat until later, later, later. I'll push my fasting window back to kind of shake off the damage I did the night before. Really good. That's really good, dude. Cool, man. What you got? Uh, salad once a day. One of the other things we recognize is that if we were going to go into a caloric deficit, we needed to start consuming foods that were really low in calories, if not net negative calories, meaning the calories were so low in the food that by the time you digested it, your metabolism would overcompensate and create a deficit even in the food group that you were eating. So the, the best way to do that for us was just make sure that we were eating at least one salad a day. If we were gonna stay low in calories, salad for us is a net negative food group. That and I think, I think salads are great, man. People that aren't even dieting, aren't even watching what they eat, they still eat salads. salads you know? yep. There's something about a salad that will give you that satisfaction of you, know, you ate something and you feel full, you feel good, but it's not like that bloated, like, you know, you're pounding carbs, you're not food coma full. It's like, oh, I feel pretty good, you know, right. I'm, I'm satisfied. It's full but not sick, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've really enjoyed that because that was something when we weren't on this diet that we weren't doing, we weren't eating salads often enough. And there's not a day that goes by that we're not eating a salad. One, for the healthier option, but two, we just recognize that it'll help us keep our calories managed uh, if I'm sneaking that in because if it's not a salad then it starts to become something more processed you mm -hmm. go back to eating grains or some starch uh, to make that right because you just don't want to sit there and just you know leave it just to meat alone it gets depressing so you want to kind of you know vary what you're putting on your plate and the salad has, has been an easy way for us to do that and when we talk about salads you don't got to think hey we're talking about just a baby side salad right no, this thing's huge. you can make this thing freaking huge no matter what your goals are you know no matter how many calories left you have in the day or whatever the case may be you know uh i'm notorious for getting a freaking mixing bowl you know and yep. Dude, just loading that thing up, man. I'll put a whole steak in there. I'll put peppers, the mushrooms, way, everything, man. And I'll watch, you know, a TV show going to town on this mixing bowl salad. And it'll take me, you know, 15, 20 minutes to eat. eat. Just because yeah. I'm, I mean, it's just that, like, it's, it's not, you know, restricting yourself by any means, right? Yeah, no, it's very enjoyable when you make a big salad like that, for sure. Yeah, uh, net negative calories would be onions, mushrooms, peppers, all that stuff we put in there. And we don't track that stuff because you don't need to. No, you don't need to. And the, and the, and the nutrients in that, those type of veggies are you know going to deliver positive benefits for your body. Yep, yep. So, cool, man. You got another one, bro? What yeah, got? I got uh, – this has kind of probably been, you know, 
getting bigger into the picture, you know, as of recent, I, I know for a fact it hasn't been around, you know, that long, but the water enhancers. Okay. So, you know, the probably the biggest one and the first one on the market was uh, Mio, yep. M-I-O. Yep, yep. And then later on, you know, companies started, you know, jacking their swagger and coming up with like, other, uh, yeah, other, you alternatives, know, yep. they're, they're companies, but that same water enhancer type idea, right? So another big one is Powerade. Um, that's the one I was drinking, you know, pretty, pretty fluently was the Powerade water enhancer. So you just grab the bottle, you, you know, squirt a couple drops in your bottle of water or your cup of water, bam, you have the flavor of a Powerade, right? Yep. And then, um, so yeah, and then, you know, I remained a little skeptical at first because I'm like, hey, man, there's probably, you know, artificial sweeteners or food dyes or, you know, all this colors and stuff. But then, you know, the deeper we got into it, then more organic type water enhancers started, you know, where it's like more natural ingredients and stuff like that. But I think it's a, a definitely a good topic, you know, food hack wise for the podcast, just because some people hate drinking water. Yeah. You know, some people hate drinking water. Uh, just for example, my dad, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> my, you know, my dad was brought up uh, in a bar atmosphere, right? My grandpa owned a bar in my entire dad's upbringing. Like the bar was on the downstairs. They lived upstairs, wow. right? Yeah, the whole lifestyle there. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like the fountain sodas, like my dad drank fountain Coke more than he drank water, right? right so, so that's what he got used to. So when, you know, um, I'm trying to get him to, you know, cut that out and just drink water, he struggles drinking water just because See, he he's not used it. to it. And he's yeah. not the only one. I know plenty of, of people course. that hate yep. drinking water. Yeah, my parents are the same way. So, like, if you kind of get this water enhancer and, uh, you know, give your water some flavor, I think it uh, kind of sets you up for a little bit more success. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it's definitely uh, a transition process, but... Um, we recognize that sugar is a huge culprit. Um, and we're not afraid of carbonation. Uh, you remind me of some other popular alternatives right now uh, to soda, and that's um, LaCroix, right? Carbonated flavored drinks uh, with, zero ca- uh, with zero sugar. You have a big one in the CrossFit community right now, Zevia, Z-E-V-I-A, which is a carbonated drink sweetened with stevia. So there's some really popular ones on the market right now. So uh, it's not carbonation that we're afraid of. It, it's everything else. It's mm-hmm. the synthetic chemicals. It's all this other stuff that soda has in it that we really try, the sugar that we're trying to get people to stay away from. Are you big, um, like the stevia, what, what's it called? Stevia, yep. Stevia. Uh, are you big on the- Huge. Co- yeah? Huge. I love stevia. I think it's, uh, it's probably the most natural, uh, alternative to sweetener right now that's not chemically based uh, we use I use liquid drops in my coffee um, I've put it in carbonated drinks that are that have no sweetener in it so is so that a little sweeter a, a taste little sweeter taste but the ones I've been buying now are like a lot a lime carbonation from all these and it has no sweetener in it and then I pour a couple drops of the stevia and it's money it's just enough it. to break the kit because I was a huge diet soda kid for a really long time i could drink that stuff all day uh but i recognize that it, it's probably not the best for me it's, it's probably worse than the regular stuff it's terrible for mm-hmm. you yeah because yeah you're putting stuff in it to keep you're putting the the chemical sweeteners in there as well that you're not getting in regular soda because they're just putting sugar in it yeah gotcha what you got you got one more for us 
Uh, I would say the the last one is such a practical approach, but it's one that I think uh, people don't think about a lot. It's bringing their lunch to work. Okay. And there are a lot of ways to do that. Uh, I know with your experience, food prepping, you do it a little bit differently, but um, I like fresh food. And the, the for me to bring w- food to work, to be fresh, but out having to do extra work is to overcook the night before. And so my wife, you know, she cooks for three people, even though she's really only cooking for me and her at dinner. And that allows me to have an extra meal that I could take to work the following day. Because I just recognize that if I don't bring work, uh, food to work, I only have two options. I could try to fast and try to make it home without a headache, which is nearly impossible. Or I'm gonna make a split bad decision and go eat the closest fast food Mm -hmm. I can find around here. And both of those things did not work out for me when I wasn't on the diet. So I knew when I started to implement new habits on this diet that I had to make sure that I was bringing food to work. Yeah, so you're basically preparing for the next day without you know going too far out of your way on cooking dinner the night before. Right. You're just cooking a little bit extra. The other alternative would, would be to meal prep days in advance right yeah no nah, I, I i can't do that i probably go a couple days you know right. if i'm cooking sunday i'll probably till tuesday wednesday yeah tuesday Max. wednesday is a stretch yeah that whole cooking for seven days out is gross i mean i can't imagine what that food tastes like on that saturday yeah, oh sunday. Hell, nah. this can't be good it can't no nah, no nah, it gets- and there's some other things that you know when i was thinking about this brett is that i read the research article i'm going to try my best to remember to post this in the link and that's the longer the refrigeration life uh drastically reduces the nutrient density of the food Makes keeping sense. the food refrigerated longer uh, uh per day drops the nutrition nutritional value of the food the longer it's in the fridge so what for instance the 10 grams of chicken constantly keeps getting dropped per day both cooked and pre-cooked cooked 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 okay post fridge okay before it gets into your belly yeah okay that's the article i remember reading that's a good question whether uh, there is a, Well, there is a shelf life for ex- expiration. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure if that shelf life transfers into less quality food. It has to be. That, it has to be. Uh, yeah, you figure so. So Fresher the better. Exactly. Yeah. So with that in mind, I want to get the most out of the food as possible. So I want to make sure it doesn't stay in the fridge too long post-cooking. Post so we're kind of encouraging to prep, but don't prep too far in advance where, A, your food tastes like shit. And, and B, uh, you're losing, you know, the quality. You're losing the quality, but it's over complication. We believe, we talked about this with uh, how we do our to-do list and stuff and how- Been we killing both, that, by the way. Thanks, baby. Thanks to you, my yeah, man. <laughs> is, um, we talked about we, how we both had those, uh, what do you call those journals that we used to have? That uh, had all the shit in plan, it. Uh, Panda planner. Panda planner is one of them. A lot of these common, but, at the end of the day, it gives you like 10 different things to do per day. Yeah. And what we recognize is that it's just too much shit to do. It creates resistance, right? Yeah, give me an empty blank piece of paper. Make it simple, mm-hmm. right? And what's happening with meal prep is that people have overcomplicated the process that no one even wants to start to process because they know it how much takes so long. W- yeah, they think it, it takes. T- it should be a couple hours worth of work to just get that done. Uh-huh. And so no one food preps. So it's why I really stay away from that because it's overcomplicated, a really simple practice, which is to just 
be a day ahead. Mm-hmm. I don't need you 10 days ahead, man. I need you a day ahead. And the best way for us that we've done that uh, with great success is to bring lunch to work every single day. Yeah, it just comes down to that same point we talk about all the time. You know, if you fail to prepare, you're what? Preparing to fail, fail. right? Yeah. So you don't got to go crazy. Just set yourself up with meals tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Keep tomorrow, you know, decision-free on cook, on uh, what you're going to eat. You know, what you uh, cook today, just cook yourself extra, and, and you're, you know, setting yourself up for success. I love it, bro. I think we gave him a good five practical hacks to nutrition dieting just a good healthier lifestyle man and i feel like these can be applied right away right every single one i feel like uh they can really apply this stuff right now you know starting today um and not have to overthink it yeah and that's why we did that we didn't talk about tracking calories we didn't talk about weighing anything we talked about really simple approaches to to a healthier lifestyle yeah no doubt Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. See you next time.